Right. Today's Christmas message, we're going to go back and cover a little bit of what uh, Randy read in uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 15. That particular passage is what we're going to focus on. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now even uh, go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. This is a very familiar passage of scripture to most Christians and even to those who aren't in the scriptures as much as they need to be. In fact, uh, you don't even need to go to church, but if you watch all the holiday classics when they're on TV, in a Charlie Brown's Christmas, when Charlie Brown screams, isn't there anyone that knows what Christmas is all about? Linus responds by reciting this exact section of scripture, word for word, before turning back to Charlie Brown and saying, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. We hear the Christmas story every year, and it's just as important and relevant to the world today as it was when it was delivered nearly 2,000 years ago. This particular section of scripture shows the first message of Christmas delivered by the angel of the Lord. He announces the birth of Christ. This signals the beginning of the implementation of God's plan of salvation here on earth. The plan was always in place since before time since God sees the end from the beginning. He knows how things would play out and what would be necessary for things between a perfect and almighty God to have a restored relationship with his creation. For us here on earth, though, since we can't and don't see through all of time from beginning to end, this is the first time we see concrete evidence of God's plan being put into action. In this section of scripture, there are three distinctly separate messages delivered to the shepherds that are both individually relevant and corporately intertwined. The first message delivered by the angel of the Lord is a singular voice announcing the importance of the occasion. The message is preceded by a disclaimer. Much like when an authority figure may call you over to talk to them, they may say, don't worry, you're not in trouble, or it's nothing bad, I promise. The angel starts by assuring the shepherds to fear not. I bring you good tidings of great joy. A phrase like that is meant to assure and not to have the receiver of the message sitting on edge, just waiting for the hammer to drop. Once the angel has reassured them, he tells them the great news that a savior has been born, which is Christ the Lord. This is great news, but on its own, it could be very vague. So the angel elaborates. This isn't just any random baby, 
There is a, a specific one in Bethlehem, and he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. We all know that a manger is a feeding trough for animals, so the odds of finding a baby lying in one is next to non-existent. So the first part of the message is the birth, birth announcement and the directing of the shepherds to the exact child that is the Savior. The second message, the angel is joined by a multitude of the heavenly host, and they are there to deliver a message of praise. Glory to God in the highest. The phrase is amazing to analyze. What does it mean? Some think that the highest is heaven, and in heaven God is always and, and always will be glorified. We know that heaven is sometimes referred to also as the highest heaven. But this is an announcement. Is this an announcement of what is already happening? Is the highest referring to the ultimate means possible? Giving glory to God with all your heart, soul, and mind is what every believer should be striving to do. So is it a proclamation of what's already happening in heaven? Or is it a command for us here to give glory to God with all of our being? Perhaps it's both. That would make a lot of sense to me personally, and I see it this way because of what follows. The third message that's proclaimed is on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That's God's want, his will for us. So it begs a very important question. Why isn't there peace on earth? I remember once seeing a picture that was supposed to be of a child's letter to God. The child was asking God if he was real, how come there's so many school shootings? The next frame was a letter God wrote in response to the child. His answer was, I'm not allowed in schools. Obviously, this isn't scripture, but it does point out a very important truth. God has given us many gifts, both saved and unsaved alike. He's given us life, love, the world we live in, and he's also given us free will. God does not force himself into anyone's life, but he waits to be invited in. We've seen that in Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door... I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. So just like salvation has the requirement of belief and acceptance, God's wish for peace on earth and goodwill towards men is hinged on the acknowledgement of the presence of the Savior and the giving of glory to God with all of our being. The world is not willing to do that. But they could, if only they would. In Second Peter Chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. We as believers know what tremendous sacrifice the Lord Jesus made at the cross of Calvary. We are also charged with the responsibility of going out and preaching the gospel. All of this is necessary to promote what was started on that day, in Bethlehem at the birth of our Lord. 
Without the cross, the manger becomes irrelevant. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without salvation, eternity is bleak. Without giving glory to God in the highest, there can be no peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So for those things, and for those of us who have the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and having accepted the gift of salvation that he provided freely for us, let's be sure to give glory to God in the highest, and continue to share the wonderful message of Christmas with the world.